Thank you, Pastor Allwood. It is good to be back at Ann Arbor Baptist, and it is, it's, been, it's been great to be back in town. It's just the first time in a while I've been able to be here for an extended period of time. And tonight I'm going to be preaching on trusting God um, and thanking God, to, and trusting that we can thank God for absolutely everything. And it, it's really fitting because today I've had a ton of little minor inconveniences that ended up in me getting here just in time and going high tech because my printer uh, was not set up correctly. So it's, but e even in those things, I can thank God because even if, even if I don't have the wisdom to see every little thing that God is working together for good, he is working it together for good. E everything from, from this, um, from the, from not preaching from paper to, um, to, to getting here and praise the Lord, st still in time to preach. God, God works everything together for good. Uh, and just just recently, I've I've really been seeing as as I as God has been helping me trust Him more. Just the the, the things that God does does when when we trust Him. It is it is amazing to see because it's God. It's it's not me. If it, if it was me, it wouldn't it wouldn't be amazing. And that that's not self-deprecation because it's true. God God. It, every good and every perfect gift cometh fr down from above, uh, from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. No, God never changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that wonderful truth, I can, I can trust Jesus, whatever happens, in, in, a in absolutely everything. In, in Indianapolis, we've been seeing some wonderful things happen. We've, we've seen just God, God work in ways that I haven't publicly stated until now, partially because, um, partially because there hasn't been a good opportunity and partially because it's, some of them just sound so unbelievable. As, as I update you, just, just remember, this is God working. God doeth all things well, and God can do the impossible. Those, those things that seem, you know, that, that just couldn't happen. His, he, he's been that way for 20 years. It, nothing, nothing's ever going to change. You know, God sees that person, and God, God sees an opportunity. Because God, God can do that. God can change the, the 20, somebody who's hardened his heart for 20 years. God, God can change that. We probably, the biggest request I have for prayer and the biggest encouragement is several, several months ago, um, there, was, there was this man who ret returned to the church I attend there, Crossroads Baptist Church, with his family. He hadn't, he hadn't faithfully attended there in quite some time, and he came with one prayer request. Please pray for my family. That, that's all he said. He, we, we didn't know details, but it was clear that the situation was dire. Especially, eventually, his family stopped coming with him, and he was, he was sitting there alone, and he was not in a, in, not in a good emotional state. He was, he was very, very, very stressed. And it was, it was hard to watch, but I... Uh, I and others and I just started praying, Lord, Lord, just do something here. We, we need to see God work in his life. Lord, work in his life. And, we, and amazingly, the Lord, I was, during invitation time, I was praying for him. And this is, this is just something that encourages me so much. That right, that as I was praying, the, the Lord spoke to my spirit and just made it, made it clear, meet him at the altar. And when I looked up, he was going towards the altar. And we just had a, had a wonderful time of prayer, and God began to get a hold of him. 
Now, I, I wish I could say that all his problems were gone. That's, that's not the case. It's, it's a, that's the prayer request. It's a, it's a work in progress. But to, he, he got to the point where he realized, you know, I can't do this anymore. Something's got to change. God, we, God's power needs to be on my life. And once somebody gets to that point, it's very hard, it's very hard for the devil to, to stop, to, to discourage it, to sidetrack him anymore. Because he... Because once, once we get to that crisis point where we realize, I need God to solve this problem, the Bible says in one of my favorite verses, Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's in God's hands. It's by God's power. God wants to do a great work. And we can trust him to do that great work. E- even though the circumstances may seem dire, God is still going to work. Just and. That's, that, that's the biggest thing. But God, God has been doing many other things as well. God, just, just seeing his power at the college, seeing last semester, it was just, it, it was a bad situation. I might use that as an illustration later, but it, there was half the student body did things that were serious enough that they were made, that, or half the men's dorm did some things that made it so that they were not allowed to leave campus except for work or church. So it was, it was bad. But this, this semester, it's been a burden of, for me and several other students just for God to work in people's hearts. And praise God, that's, we don't have that problem anymore. Praise God, this, the, even one of the ringleaders last year has gotten right with him. Just see, seeing God work in, in answers to prayer and seeing him, he might use an instrument, but it is God who works in us. And seeing that happen is just is such an encouragement. And I, I really appreciate your prayers. It's, there is, prayer is the most powerful weapon we have against the forces of the, of the devil. And it, it is, I, I'm incredibly grateful um, when somebody tells me uh, he or she is praying for me. It's, it's, it's a huge encouragement. Um, it, it, in my life, personally, God has, God has certainly been working also as um, just help, helping me trust him more and helping me see that, you know, when when God's when God's on my side, it's there's there's hope. There's even in even in with ministry difficulties, with personal difficulties, when when the two overlap and it just it seems like a mountain that can't be climbed. You know, God can help me through that. I I can trust Him, no matter what. There's there's nothing that God can't do. That God He He is all, He is truly all powerful. Um, it's it's been just as He has shown me the necessity of surrendering to Him. And as and as I've been growing in grace and be and becoming closer to God, it's been it's been, it's been just amazing to see His power at work. So th- thank you for your prayers, those those who have been praying for me. Um, maybe I should have said this at the beginning, but if you if you don't know me, I'm Charlie. I go to Indiana Baptist College, and sadly, well, God, God has worked this t- together for good as He always does. But I haven't been able to be here as much as I would like to. Um, but God. God's given me this opportunity over winter break to be home for a longer period of time. And it, it's, it's great to be back in uh, ABC and just to see everybody again. Um, I really appreciate you all. Um, and tonight we're going to be talking about trust. The title of the message is Trusting God to Thank Him. And please turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. This is probably not the first time you've heard this text preached. Probably, it's, it, 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 and that, that's not because it's, that, that's not to say that we're just going to be repeating old hat stuff today. But th- this text is just so rich, that Proverbs 3 especially. 
just that we can tr truly depend on God for everything, trust him for everything. And that, that, that fact is something that we can, we, can put our, we can stake our lives on. We can, we can depend on God for absolutely everything. So Proverbs 3, starting at verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in our presence today. Lord, we thank you that where two or three are gathered, you are in the midst. And Lord, we just pray that you would work in us today. Lord, I pray you would give me the words to speak. Lord, you know I can't do this myself. You know that the, arm, that the man that trusts in the flesh is cursed. But Lord, you've said that the man who trusts in you will be like a tree planted by, by the river, uh, bringing forth fruit. And Lord, I pray that that would, that that would be the testimony tonight. Lord, I pray you would use me above my own ability, above my own power, above my own wisdom. I pray you would speak through me. You would use, Holy Spirit, you would use my mind. You would use the things you have taught me and that you would teach me new things as I preach. And that, you would, you, and that the words that go forth would be from you and not from me. Lord, I pray for your power tonight. I pray you would convict and convince hearts. I pray you would encourage people. And I pray you would work mightily. And that this message would draw us closer to you. That you would use this to protect us from Satan's lies and to strengthen us by your truth. We thank you that your truth makes us free. We thank you that we can depend on you for everything. And holy God, we thank you that you are our loving Heavenly Father. We thank you that every word of God is pure. He is a shield to them that place their trust in him. Lord, help us to place our trust in you even more tonight. Lord, be that shield to us. Lord, I pray that when we're compassed about with cares and with distractions, we would place our trust in you, that we would stay our mind on thee, that we might have that perfect peace that you promised. And Lord, I pray that you would be manifest in our lives. Lord, use this message above that which I can do by myself. Lord, without you, I can do nothing, but I thank you that I can depend on you and trust you to speak through me tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. First of all, in this passage, we see the, we see the commandment to trust God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. With, e with every part of my heart, I need to trust in God. Every part of it. The Bible makes it clear that we need to give everything to God. Romans 12.1 now I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, it is our reasonable service. God gave everything for us. We can logically be expected to give everything to him. But that's not the message I'm going to be preaching tonight because it's, it's so easy to focus on surrender and what I need to do. I, you know, I need to give everything to God. God deserves everything. I just, I just have to do it. And sometimes forget about how that happens. And really, it's, it's easy to give everything to God when I trust God with everything. If I believe everything God says and I trust him, then it would logically fall that it, when he says, Charlie, give me everything, that I say, okay, Lord, here it is. That I don't say, you know, th th there's always that thing, that thing that you, you're just, that God says, give it, and you're like, Ugh, I don't want to. Um, and that's there, there as as we go throughout our christian lives and as god as as god works in us both the will and to do of his good pleasure he reveals to us things that we need to let go of whatever that thing is i don't i don't, I don't know what that thing is for you but uh i can tell you a couple stories of that thing for me and god's god's god has shown me that whenever that thing comes up when when i hear preaching or when i'm reading my bible whenever that thing comes up 
it's, it's so much better just to trust him with it and not to play tug of war. Because ultimately, the almighty God versus, uh, versus me in tug of war, who's, who's going to win? Right, right. But if, if, if I just trust God, it's not hard to let go. If I, if I just say, Lord, Lord, here it is, whatever, whatever you say, here it is, then it's, it's not hard to let go. It's, it, it's easy to let go. There, I, I could point to so many verses, and I'll, I'll, I'll point to a couple that have that were just that my fingers felt like they were super glued, um, and but but God did God did work in me both to will and to do of His good pleasure because that's what God does. God, it's God God uses by His Spirit and by His Word. God sanctifies us and God makes us more like Him. God conforms us to His image and He uses us for His glory, and. Yeah, whatever that thing is. For probably the first big thing there was ministry. I was uh, it, it, when I was in high school. I really didn't. At first, I didn't want to go into the ministry really at all. Um, God, but God worked in me. God, God showed me that the that the the worst things in the ministry would be better than the best things that the world had to offer. And at, at that time, I was very much uh, focused on money and focused on um, on worldly status and pr prestige and the um being a software engineer or going into computer science academia is a is a good way to achieve that and it wasn't that god gave me what i was look the wrong things i was looking for in the ministry because if you go into the ministry for for the money you're going to be disappointed okay <laughs> he, he he didn't he didn't give me that in the ministry he changed my heart the Bible says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, that doesn't mean God gives me the bad things I want if I delight in him. It doesn't mean it's not a golden ticket to whatever bad thing I want. What that means is God changes my heart. If I delight in the Lord, I will delight in the things that God delights in. And if I delight in the things that God delights in, my heart will be synchronized with God. My heart will want what God wants. I'll be just like David was a man after God's own heart. We can, we, we can follow God and we can have his heart desires. And then the best part is we can get those things. At, at that time, I, I probably would have said, I don't want my heart to change. I want what I want. And I, it, it, sometimes it's hard not to want what you want, if, if that makes sense. But God, God can work in that and God can change that because he, he, he's all powerful. He can, he can give us circumstances. He can give us trials and truly, when we count those all joy, it just becomes so much easier to learn what he has for us. Now, the, probably the next thing is, when I was in ministry, at, at first, it wasn't, it, it wasn't very successful. There was, there was a time in, there, there was a time, my first semester in Bible college was not, first of all, I, I was miserable during that time. And second of all, I was not right with God during that time, which is what was making me miserable. I, I wasn't surrendered. I, I wasn't giving everything to God. And it, it got to the point where I got, a, I got a job offer in Texas, and part of it was for finances. And I, I do believe that God wanted me to do that because he worked immensely in me during that time. But part of it was just I wanted to get away from all the things that were bothering me, the, from the lack of success. And dur during that time, I listened to a sermon by a preacher that God's used greatly in my life. And he, he gave this quote by Dr. Champlin, a mission missionary to former missionary to Suriname and it's, it's an interesting quote he said the greatness of a man is in proportion to his surrender to God 
That, that, that really grabbed my attention. Because what I was after was personal greatness, which is a horrible motive, by the way, but God, God used that realization that I could only get greatness by surrendering to him. He used that bad motive to bring about his will. He, he, can, he can use bad things to bring forth good things. And once I surrendered to God, he worked in me to, to, to the point where I no longer wanted my own, my own glory. And once what that happened, uh, the, uh, not this summer, but last, last summer, uh, God, God just brought me to that surrender before I went on this missions trip. And it, it was amazing. On, once I reached that point on the missions trip and after the missions trip, I just had ministry opportunities pouring out. You see, and th the reason that I was qualified for those opportunities was because it wasn't me, but Christ in me who was doing those. And, but... I needed to be qualified for those, but the only thing I needed was just to, to give everything to God and to trust in him and allow his power to work through my life, and then he could use me. When I was trying to do it myself, that, that just didn't work. The apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And this life which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, but the Apostle Paul said, we are able ministers of the New Testament. If God wants you to do something and you feel like, I just can't do this, then you're in a great place because you can't do it, okay? But it, it, so there's, some, there's some greater news. God can do it, and God lives in you, and God wants to use you to do that and to live in and through you to bring about his perfect will. Now, that's good news. It, it's, it's great once we realize I can't do this because then we realize the one who can do it, the one who lives in me, wants to do it through me. This life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live it by faith. It's not by me figuring out how to do it in my own strength, and my own wisdom. It's about me looking to God. It's about me taking God by faith. He that cometh to God must first believe that he is. I believe that God is who he says he is, that he does who he, what he says he does, and then by that I can just say, okay, Lord, just I, I'm going to follow you wherever you take me. And what, getting to that point for that thing, now there's, th those are probably the two biggest, biggest things in my life. There have been a couple others, and things, th things, things on Bible colleges, probably th there's, there are... Sometimes there's theological controversies on Bible colleges, at, at, on college campuses, where somebody says, where somebody believes one thing and somebody believes another thing. I found that the most intense controversies are when, are when somebody really wants to believe something because they're holding on to something with a super glued hand. There, I haven't, probably the most controversial topic uh, on my college campus is not, um, would not be Calvinism, although that's, that's certainly up there. It would probably be Proverbs 31.30. Um, at just things that we don't want to surrender, that we want to hold on to, and that our hands are like super glued to. And we, tr we try to come up with all these justifications and rationalizations and, oh, vanity means vanity. It's, it's okay to pursue vanity for a short amount. Of no, it's not. No, just, just believe the Bible. And I, I've found that when, I, when I've just taken God by faith and saying, okay, Lord, you're right. I'm, you're right. I can't trust myself, but I can trust you. That that's, that's when he works, and that's so much better. It's so much better than fighting against God. It's so miserable to fight against God. Don't, don't, just, it's, it's, it's just a bad place to be. If, the, if 
probably the biggest, biggest thing in this message is just don't, don't hold on to things that, that God wants. Just, 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 it, I, have, I have never found more peace and joy than being in the center of God's will. Now, this world is a turbulent place. In this world, there are, there are things grappling for our attention. There are things that try to distract us, and it feel, sometimes feels like we're in a hurricane. A hurricane is a massive storm. A hurricane can, can uh, the diameter of a hurricane can encompass more than, uh, lo- something larger than a state. That, that's pretty big. But in the middle of the hurricane, in the eye of the hurricane, there's calm, there's peace. And in the center of God's will, Though all about us, it seems like everything is just falling apart some days. And it seems like in 20 years, there's not even going to be a United States anymore if you listen to the news. In the center of God's will is peace. In the center of God's will is assurance and the knowledge that he works all things together for good to them that love him, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, friend, whatever that thing is, I can promise you that you'll be happier when it's in God's hands. Trusting you will not make you miserable. Proverbs 16.20b says, Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. He's happy. In the, way of an ev- in the transgression of an evil man there is a snare, but the righteous doth sing and rejoice. You know, there's, there's a snare. When, when, you're, when, you're going in, when you're going in the wrong direction, there, there are snares and there are traps that you need to watch out for. You, you, might, you might just be wandering about and fall into a landmine if you're not careful. If... If, if, this, if this platform had, had the kind of snares that were in the wicked, that, that were in the lives of the wicked, I, I, and I'm not paying attention to where I'm going. I could just go like that. You know, but the righteous doth sing and rejoice. Do you, do you want to just fall down or do you want to sing and rejoice? I'd rather sing and rejoice. It's, it's, a, it's a much better place to be. So the, the devil's lie, it, one, one, of my, one of my favorite preachers put it this way, the devil wants to put a question mark where God put a period. The devil wants to tell you, does God really care for you? Is God really never going to leave you nor forsake you? God, the devil wants to put a question mark. Yea, hath God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee? But God put a period there because that settles it. What God says, it's settled. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. There is no question about what God says, because God is true. There is no variableness in God. God will never change. There is no shadow of turning. When you are outside with the sun, or even inside with the light, and I'm turning about, you can see my shadow moving. God does not turn. There is no shadow of moving with God, because yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. And we can trust in that fully and completely. Trusting God is not dangerous. The Bible says, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. If you trust in the Lord, if you put your trust in the Lord, you will be safe. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the trial. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You could be facing a whole army like like David did, and God would still deliver you if you trust in him. Because whoso trusteth in the Lord shall be safe. He might deliver you through heaven or on earth, but he will deliver you. Now, Jim Elliot, when he went to the Alka Indians, he was was not fearful. He knew what God wanted him to do, and he trusted that God would do his purpose. He could could look to God, the author and finisher of his faith, and say, Lord, you have a purpose. 
Lord, I, I, I know what you want me to do. And if we do that, then, he, I mean, one, one missionary to China put it this way, when, he was, when his life was threatened by the communists, you can't threaten me with heaven. You, you, can, you can't threaten me with heaven. They, they, they started by saying, we're going to put you on the streets. Well, then God, God will provide for me. Well, then we're, we're going to put you in prison. Then I'll, then I'll meet with God. Well, we're going to kill you. Well, you can't threaten me with heaven. And it's true. And if, if we believe what God says, then it's not scary. The problem is, the problem is we, we need to... It, it's, the devil tries to undermine our trust in him. The devil tries to come up with examples where God failed you. And a lot of times, those things that seem like God failed us, it's really because we just... We, we got something wrong. Either, we, either theologically or in terms of wisdom, we were, we were doing something wrong and we blame God for it. Now, I don't, I don't know if or what things exist in that category for you, but I can tell you with firm assurance that God, God will not fail you. God, God never makes mistakes. If it, seem, if it seems like God promised you something and he didn't fulfill it, then I don't mean to sound mean, but the problem's not with God, okay? It's, it's, it, it can be easy, and because we do have an adversary, it can be easy to think, you know, God, God failed me in this area because he didn't do this thing that I thought he would do. First of all, God might do it in a different way. Don't, don't, don't be too quick to assume that God's through with something. But if he chooses not to do it at all, just because you thought he would doesn't mean he promised to. And there... And it would be a different sermon to get into the guidance of God. But God, the, the, probably the overarching principle is God always leads according to his word. God does not lead through, simply through emotion. And there, the, the Holy Spirit does individually guide us today. We're, we're, we are in the dispensation, of, we're in the age of the Holy Spirit. But, we need, but sometimes when somebody says, the Spirit told me this, they're, they've been deceived by the devil. Brother John, Van Gel, Brother John Van Gelder has an excellent sermon on that that I would I'll recommend checking out if you, if you have questions about that, since we simply don't have time to, touch, to get into detail about that today. But if there's something that seems like God failed you, and the devil's trying to use that to undermine your faith, and, he, and it starts to succeed, and you, you're starting to think, how can I trust God with this if I couldn't trust him with that? Just remember, God wrote the Bible, and in the Bible are, sev are several prophecies of who Jesus is and what he would do, and those prophecies that have been fulfilled when Jesus first came to earth, he is coming again, and some of those prophecies will be fulfilled then, but the prophecies that have been fulfilled were fulfilled to minute detail. That doesn't happen over hundreds of years by mistake. And the God who can work over a period of 500 years to bring forth his son in the exact manner that he said he would be brought forth can be trusted to work in every one of your trials, no matter what they are, no, no matter how hard it is. He, he, he knows everything. We can trust in him. We've, we've seen how trusting God will not make you miserable. Trusting in God is not dangerous, and trusting in God will bring you peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be careful, be worried about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
That, that's, a, that's a great promise. You know, it's, it's tempting to worry about things, especially if you, if you watch the news too much. That, 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 that used to be my problem for years. I was always stressed out about stuff. Now, I'm not saying the news is wrong, but if, if, you spend, if you spend an hour or even 30 minutes or more a day on the news, you know, it's, it's designed to stress you out. Those companies, they get more money when you click on something, and they've discovered that the best way to get somebody to click on something is to stress them out, because then it seems like, I have to know this. I have to know what, uh, what, what, Joe, what President Biden is going to do otherwise. Well, even if you know, you're not, I guess you can vote, but you're not going to be able to do that much about it. If, you, you, there are things that we can just trust God with. We, we don't have to worry about um, vaccine mandates. I'm, I'm not a fan of vaccine mandates, by the way. But we don't have to worry about all these things. And when we start to, when we start to worry about these things, it just, it just puts us into a downward spiral. When we start to worry, we, we just start to spiral down. We stop trusting God. We start being careful for things, being worried about things. And ultimately, at least, just to anger against, against the government. You know, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may live a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. A, a huge problem I've seen with, with modern Christians is, and with maybe in the, this started in the last hundred years or so, that we take it upon ourselves to do God's will in our way. We see, we see something bad happening, and we decide, I'm going to fix that. And, we, and if, if the solution is chanting a profane um, innuendo about the president, then, then we're going to do that. If, this, if the solution is saying that, um, saying that Barack Obama is the Antichrist, and if anybody who says that they're not a... They, they need to read their Bible because we're going to be gone when the Antichrist comes. If, if, you're, if you're worried that, they, that you see the Antichrist in this present day, you need to get saved because that would show that you're not saved. Um, anyway, if, when, when we get into these, when we get off on these ridiculous tangents and we start to just, and we, it, it really leads just a hatred of authority, which is not, not what Jesus advocated at all, then, then we're not giving thanks for all men. When we allow ourselves to be careful for everything and to take it upon ourselves to do God's will and say, Lord, this needs to happen. This can't, my candidate needs to get elected. Then we, we can really get off, get off God's path. The next verse, it's, that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. You know, it's good and acceptable for us to get along with our authorities. Not God's will for us to be to be cussing out the president or cussing out the president with some veiled phrase. Okay, that, that, that's that's God doesn't want us to do that. It's completely inappropriate. But on on the other hand, when we when we stop trusting ourselves, when we don't lean to our own understanding, when we don't go in the right in the way which seemeth right unto us, but the end thereof is the ways of death. When we go in God's way, instead of discouragement, we'll see encouragement. Instead of being worried and fearful and just in a, in a big mess, we'll see God's power at work. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. This is talking about believing God. 
Everything God says, absolutely everything, I can believe that and I can apply it to my life. Every, every, to the smallest detail, the tiniest little thing, if God says it, that settles it. And if I believe that, my life is going to, I'm, I'm not going to have to worry about anything. I can just give things to God in prayer. Lord, be with this nation. And then I go out and do what God wants me to do, not, not complain, but pass out tracts, lead people to Christ, encourage the believers, and it, then God's working through me. Believing God, believing everything he says. You know, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If I seek God, I will find God. I will see God's power. I will see God's glory. And I will see him using me and using others to do things that we could never do by ourselves. Because God desires to do greater works in every one of us than he did through his own son. That, that's hard to imagine. That's something that I don't know if anybody fully understands. But that's what God desires to do in us. And it starts when we trust him, when we give everything to God, when we, give, when we trust him with everything, with absolutely everything. You know, be, we can believe that God works all things together for good because he says in his word, and this we know that all things work together for good, then that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things together for good. Every single thing. And you know what? Because of that, I can give God thanks for absolutely everything. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things. You know, when I, when I stub my toe, and I, I, I'm going to be careful here, Saying thank you, God, insincerely is that's taking the Lord's name in vain. That's very serious. But if something as silly as stubbing my toe, God's going to work that together for good if I love Him, if I'm called according to His purpose. Well, I know I'm called according to His purpose because I'm saved. Now, loving Him in the present tense, that's that's different. The Bible says, if we this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and that's not saying that the only part of the love of God is keeping His commandments. It's like saying the pulpit is wood, that doesn't mean the wood is pulpit. It, 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 does, it doesn't go the other way. There's more to loving God than keeping his commandments. But one of the descriptions, one of the attributes of loving God is keeping his commandments. So if, if that is to say, if I love God, I will keep his commandments. J Jesus makes that more clear in, in John 14 and John 16. But if the, one of the fruits of loving God is keeping his commandments. And if that's one of the fruits of loving God, if I decide to rebel against God and do, and do a bunch of foolish things, am I loving God right then? If I loved God, if, if I was being mindful of the fact that he gave his very life for me, if I'm disrespecting him just by, by really any, any, any way of breaking fellowship with him, whether it's something like complaining, which is not trusting God, or something like um, fornication. Interestingly, God, when the, Israel, the Israelites did both of those things, and God punished them both with death. God, God, God takes unbelief very seriously. But I don't, I don't want to focus on that. I, I, the, I, the focus of this message, I want to be what God, how God wants to use us. And how if we trust in God, we're accessing a well of water ever springing. 
that living waters will flow out of our bellies and God will use us to do great and mighty things. And there, there is, there is a, the terror of the Lord as well. But if, if we can get past that, if we can, if, if we can just say, okay, Lord, here, here I am, use me, then we don't have to worry about the terror of the Lord. No, there is no fear in love. The perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. We don't, have to, we don't have to worry about Jesus coming back if, if we're walking with him. And not having that fear is, is wonderful. Every time I've had that fear, even if I didn't realize it immediately, I've, I've wanted to get rid of that. It's, it, it, you know, it's, it's no fun to be afraid of God. God. God doesn't want us to be afraid of him. God, God, wants, God wants us to be like sons. You know, the father doesn't go around with a, with a billy club looking for an excuse to whack his son. Okay, the, the, the father wants to be able to reward his son. So let, let's trust God. Let's, let, let, let's follow him and let, let, let's see him use us and bless us and, and work in us and use us, our lives for his glory. We, we can thank God for absolutely everything. Probably my favorite illustration of this is, is, is Hudson Taylor. Uh, if, he, he was a missionary to China uh, quite some time ago before the communist takeover. And he, he, he faced some, some very tough things. You know, one day, one day his daughter, uh, Gracie, she, she saw a man who, was, uh, who had an idol and she, she begged her father to go over and give him a gospel tract. She, she was such an encouragement to him. And the, the next week, she passed away. Now, I don't, have to be, I don't have to be a father to know that it would be very difficult to, to lose your child. But listen to how he dealt with it. Our dear little Gracie, how we miss her sweet voice in the morning, one of the first sounds to greet us when we woke, and through the day at eventide. As I take the walks I used to take with her tripping figure at my side, the thought comes anew like a throb of agony. Is it possible that I shall never more feel the pressure of that little hand, never more see the sparkle of those bright eyes? And yet she is not lost. I would not have her back. I am thankful she was taken. You know, Hudson Taylor had a very strong relationship with God. To give some context that showed how he was able to say that, how he was able to give God thanks for one of the hardest things he ever faced, let's read, let's read another thing. Uh, let's read another point that the Lord brought him through. I seem to have got to the edge only, but of a boundless sea, to have sipped only, but of that which fully satisfied. Christ literally all seems to me. Now the power, the only power for service the only ground for unchanging joy. The vine is not the root merely, but all. Root, stem, branches, twigs, flowers, fruit. And Jesus is not that alone. He is soil and sunshine, air and showers, and 10,000 times more than we have ever dreamed, wished for, or needed. Oh, the joy of seeing this truth. This is a man who saw that Jesus is, is all. Jesus was all the world to him. And because of that, he could trust Jesus in everything. He could thank God in everything. And just looking through my life, the things that I once thought were the end of the world, I feel kind of, 
That's small potatoes compared to what he went through. I mean, I, I, it's, that it's, I just, when I say that, I feel embarrassed. And just that I made a big deal out of things that were so much less than what he faced. And God, God he, 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 saw, he really saw that Jesus was everything. He saw that, the, that Jesus was the vine, that we are the branches, and that we receive every good thing from him. Just like the branches receive nothing except the nourishment they receive from the vine, we, receive, we can receive nothing good except from Jesus. And Jesus can work through others to, to bring us good. Don't, don't get me wrong, but our sufficiency is Christ. Our sufficiency is the one who died for us and the one who lives for us. He ever liveth to make intercession for us at the right hand of the Father. You know, he's still there. He's, he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He still sees us when we're in hard situations, and he intercedes on our behalf. And we can go to him for peace. We can go to God for comfort. And we can trust God whatever befall. Again, don't put, a, don't put a question mark where God put a period. Hudson Taylor, Hudson Taylor did, not, did not put a question mark where God put a period. He, he trusted God. He had seen God work in so many mighty ways that it was impossible not to trust him. It was, he, he knew God was working. He, and if he, his life story, um, well, there, there are many autobiographies of him. I, I would recommend uh, The Spiritual Secret of Hudson Taylor. It, it's a wonderful book. And the, the things that just how, how the Lord worked in his life is just amazing to read. It's, it's, it's just amazing to see how God worked. There's, but when we put periods where God puts periods, when we say God said it, that, God said it, that settles it. Then we can live an abundant life. Jesus Christ came that we might have life and that we might have more, more abundantly, and that life is accessed by depending on him. He gives us grace for every trial. He feeds us with the living bread, and he does that in, in everything by accessing the grace he has provided for us. He will direct our paths. We can, we can trust him in everything. When we believe what God says and act accordingly and fo follow his Holy Spirit, he will lead us. There is no shortage of divine wisdom. There is only shortage of obedience. If we want to know what God wants us to do, he will make that known to us. But we need to, we need to follow that. And when we follow that, we can see God do such amazing things, far above anything, and anything that we can do in our own power. We can see God, God move mountains. God do the things he desires to do. So let's trust God. Let's trust God with all our heart. Let's not lean onto our own understanding. Let's, let's not go after our own way. Let's not trust in ourselves. Let's, let's put all our eggs in God's basket. And let's, let, let's, let's remember that trusting God is not dangerous. It's, it's, not, it's not going through a minefield. It's, it's, it's receiving everything you need. It's having God carry you through the minefield and his power preventing the mines from going off. Trusting will not make us miserable. Trusting will bring peace. And don't, don't trust yourself. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Just believe God, follow God, and we, we, can, we can see God's power. Something so much better than what the world has to offer. 
something greater than the power the President of the United States has, the power of God. We can see that in our lives when we give everything to him, when we put our trust on him. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would work, uh, you would work in us. Lord, we thank you that it is you who worketh in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure and that you can work in us to bring forth your abundant life. Lord, use us for your glory. Give us your power. Lord, use us to be far above that which we are by ourselves. We pray for your power and your glory to be manifested through our lives, to be a testimony to a lost and dying world. And we'll trust you to do your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen.